Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Thank you to the worship team. And I'm really excited about the guest speaker that we have today. And guest is really not even the right word because he is Mishpacha. Uh, he was a member here at Beth Hillel for many years. And, and then a number of years ago, we sent him down to Orman Beach and he's the senior rabbi of congregation Beth Judah in Orman Beach, where actually some of our other members uh, moved down to Florida. Uh, and are with him. So in any case, he's a beloved brother. He's incredibly well-respected throughout the Messianic Jewish movement, uh, and he's an excellent teacher and speaker. So I know you're going to really, really enjoy him. So on this beautiful Shabbat, let's give him a big Bethel, kind of a homecoming welcome to Rabbi Dr. Bruce Tucker. Yay! Thank you, Rabbi Kevin. That is quintessential Rabbi Kevin Solomon. Right there. Well, it's good to be home. There's so much joy in feeling at home. Uh, I'd like for us to open our Bibles tonight to Leviticus Vayikra, chapter 12. I want to thank, again, Rabbi Kevin and everybody who just makes the way every week for us to do what we're doing along the way. I really sense a a desire to really get to the Word. Let's get to the Word tonight. Before I do, that worship is why my family loved coming Friday nights to Congregation Beth Hillel. That's the worship. Go ahead, just praise God. Give honor to whom honor is due. You know, the prophets say that ten will chase out a hundred, a hundred will chase out a thousand, a thousand will chase out ten thousand. We love coming on Friday nights because there were times when we felt like we were dragging our spirit in here like a ball in a chain. And we came to realize that the folks who come in here on Friday night have already been through like five, six days or whatever you've been through. And yet you know that if you come on Friday night and experience the spirit and the presence that is here, what an amazing time of worship. You know, for all those who are visiting with us on live stream, if you want some great worship, now listen, Saturday morning is good. I'm not, I'm not saying anything about Saturday morning, but it's a different kind of crowd. If you want some great worship, be here on Friday night. This is the most powerful. We've been doing this for a long, long time. And so thank you, worship team. This is just absolutely amazing. I came in here uh, feeling like I was dragging my car like a ball in chain. What is wrong with Henry County? The traffic in Henry County, look, I drive all the way up here to Florida and I, I don't fear any traffic until I get to Henry County. 
all those places down there, Eagles Land, I propose we build an overpass over Henry County. <laughs> so those who want to get to Florida from Atlanta can do that. But we all find our way home, don't we? I mean, it's good to see everybody today. In Leviticus chapter 12, we need to remember where we are in our calendar. Today is the first day of Nisan in the Hebrew year 5782. We're in the seventh year of an agricultural cycle, a Shabbat agricultural cycle. So biblically, we are in a year where God wants to teach us how to rest in new ways. And so Vayikra, Leviticus, is a great book for studying a relationship with God. In fact, that's the purpose of the book of Vayikra. That's the purpose of the book of Leviticus. And in our Torah traditions, Shabbat, we thank God that we are here tonight on this first Shabbat of the month. Is this the first Shabbat of the month? Is today Friday? Thank you. Took me a long time to get through Henry County. I want to just make sure it's the same day that on this very first Shabbat of the month, we remember what keeps us strong, and that is God's Word and what He speaks to us. The Parsha this week is Tazria. Tazria means conceived. And so we want to ask a question of this week. How do I find rest in what God begins? To conceive of something is to begin something. That's God's part. But then we also can find rest in that God is beginning something in our lives, has begun something in our lives, and there's something more tonight. Why is it so important to stay focused on what God has begun in our lives? Sometimes our lives can get so challenging that we lose an awareness of the more important things that are happening. When we allow the physical things of life, when we allow the things that we can see with our eyes, hear with our ears, touch with our hands, when we allow the physical things to get the upper hand in our lives, we have a tendency to lose an awareness of what God is doing at this very moment in time. When we lose that awareness, we can become oblivious to the fact that God has been here waiting for us to come into this building. We have not come in here to bring the presence of God. God has been waiting for us in this place. In fact, God was here before this building was here. In fact, God was here before humanity was here. God was in this place, in this space, before any of us existed. And even at that moment, God was conceiving something that would include all of us. So when we lose that awareness of God is present, it's easy to become oblivious to what's really happening here tonight in each of our lives. It's easy to become obsessed. Sometimes when we lose that awareness of the big picture of what God is doing tonight, we can become obsessed with doing something that is so right or even so good that we forget that God is the one who began this process in the first place. When we become oblivious, we become obsessed. There are some folks who just become obstinate. Whether we believe in God or not, there are some times when we have such a view of life that I really don't have the time 
to do what we were singing about a few minutes earlier and wait for God. We don't have time to wait. If we wait, we can't make it happen. Beloved, we didn't start this thing. We are not making this happen. God is calling us to be with Him in such a way that we can manage our emotions, we can manage our minds, we can manage the things that are going on in our lives, we can manage the difficulties that we're facing and the challenges that we have. It's easy to lose the awareness that the God who has always been is here with us tonight, and He's speaking to us through His Word. Some people forget that. You know, a lot of folks have been talking this week about the Academy Awards. If what had happened at the Academy Awards last week, last week had not happened, most of the world would not even know that it was happening to begin with, the Oscars. And so we're familiar with the story now that Chris Rock, Chris Rock got up and he, he's a comedian. He did his thing and he said something that Will Smith didn't like about Will Smith's life. So Will Smith thought he was still in a movie and just walked up on the platform and smacked Chris Rock, and then walked away and then cursed Chris, Walk, Chris Rock from the audience. They went to a commercial break to begin with. And it's told that in that break that Denzel Washington walked up to Chris, uh, walked up to, uh, who's the other guy we're talking about? Chris Rock. Don't forget the rock. He walked up to Chris, uh, he walked up to Will Smith, thank you very much. It's been a long day. Henry County is still in my mind. <laughs> that he, he walked up to uh, Will Smith and was comforting him. And, you know, all the news agencies didn't cover this, and there was just one. It was a faith-filled news agency that reported what Denzel Washington said to Will Smith. Denzel said to Will Smith, you need to be careful because when you are at your greatest moment, that's when the devil essentially wants to take you down. That's when the devil wants to take you down. You know, we of a Jewish heritage know something about smacking rocks. In fact, one of the best things that I saw was when the J-Post was reporting this article this week. And I was looking down into the discussion, which I don't usually do. The person making the comment said, the last guy who smacked a rock didn't get into the promised land. <laughs> it's easy to smack rocks. It's easy to lose that patience. It's easy to lose that self-control. And yet the Lord is calling us here tonight on this special Shabbat for a reason. Where is Israel in our trip through the Torah this year? Israel is ready to go from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land. Everything is ready. They have not even had any conflict while they were building the tabernacle. There was no conflict in Israel during these months. It was a glorious time. And they're ready to set out. Everything is ready to go. Yet for one month, the Lord says, 
We're going to stay right here because I want to teach you the essence of a relationship with me. You see, the English word that is often used is Leviticus, which draws attention to the law. But the Hebrew name of the book is Vayikra, which means called. The book of Leviticus is not so much about the laws of God as it is the call of God and the relationship to be with Him. So in the initial parashot of Vayikra, God calls them. Then the next one, He commissions them. And then the next parsha, He consecrates them. And now he comes to this place tonight where he says, now it's time to continue with me. I've covered you with all my blessings. I told you to stay at the tent of meeting. If you stay at the tent of meeting, I will cover you with my blessings. And he covered Israel with all the blessings. And he said, now it's time to continue. And that's where we are in the book of Leviticus as we travel with Israel through the wilderness. Go Leviticus chapter 12. Verse 1, there are two beginnings here, two beginnings. Then Adonai spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to B'nai Yisrael, instructing. If a woman conceives and bears a male child, then she will be unclean for seven days, as in the days of her nidah, she will be unclean. In the eighth day, the flesh of his, the child's foreskin, is to be circumcised. There are two beginnings here. The first is when she conceived the child. That's the beginning of possibility. The second one was the eighth day, the circumcision, which was the beginning of that child's potential. When God begins to speak to us, we understand that in this seventh year of rest, we find rest by continuing in what God begins. We have to make that our focus. What has God begun in me? Am I continuing what God has begun in me? There's a reason why this Shabbat is so important, because something new is beginning on this Shabbat. That the Lord in chapter 12, when He speaks about these two beginnings, He brings us into birth as a new birth, in the Lord, but then He's also calling us to this continuation. That's our choice. That's what we do. The birth was something that God brought into being. The continuance, the circumcision, is that circumcision of the heart, whereby we say to God, continue in me what you have begun. And this Shabbat is the annual reminder that God is doing something. The whole rest of the Shabbat, the whole rest of the Parsha, it describes all the challenges in life, but the Lord is saying to us, continue what has begun. This Shabbat in the biblical calendar is a special Shabbat. It is Shabbat HaKodesh. Shabbat HaKodesh in the biblical calendar is the beginning of something New. Let's go to Exodus chapter 12 and let's find out what Shabbat HaKodesh is all about and why it's so important for us to recognize it on this day. There are three ways the Lord is speaking to us in the readings tonight. There are three ways to find rest in what God begins. 
Some of you, I want you to hacken back a little bit to that time, that moment where you felt you were in such a zone with God and that God was doing something in your life. I want you to reflect upon that tonight. I want you to experience the Ruach HaKodesh again as you experience that in that moment, full of energy, full of excitement, full of ready to get go, get going. And then the Lord begins to speak to us on this Shabbat every year. Shabbat HaKodesh is that way of finding rest by continuing what God has begun in our lives. That's the first thing. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. Let's go there for what God begins. Now Adonai spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month, I'm sorry, this month. The Hebrew word month is actually the first word in that Hebrew sentence. When the first, usually the first word in the Hebrew sentence is a verb. Because Hebrew is a language of action. Judaism is a language of action. So oftentimes, when that first word is something other than a verb, that causes us to take a special notice. Well, in this first sentence, the, ver the word is not a verb. The word is a noun, hakodesh. This month is something special for you. This month will mark the beginning of months for you the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one lamb for the household. And so this lamb becomes the sacrifice. You see, God begins something here. God says that I'm going to give you what you need to enter into a new experience in your life, a new time of your life, a new season of your life. And he says at the beginning of the month of Nisan that this month is the beginning of a year for you. It's the beginning of a year of faith. It's the beginning of a year of trusting. Wait, I thought the beginning of year was Rosh Hashanah. You know, we don't have the time tonight to go into all this. It's a Jewish thing. The, biblically, we start counting the months today. In Jewish thought, we change the year at Rosh Hashanah. Wait, that's not all. There's another new year, which is the year of planting trees. We had a great Tuba Shavat Seder at Beth Judah this year. It was so much fun. But wait, there's another year. We're, this is not unusual to us. Most of us operate by different New Year's. You know, January may be the new year of the Gregorian calendar. And then how many of you have a fiscal year that starts in June? And then you have a school year that starts in September. So it's not weird to have various new beginnings of the year. On this Shabbat, however, it's not simply the beginning of what man can do year by year or must do year by year. On this Shabbat, it's the beginning of a new level of faith for you. God's calling us to follow Him in a new way. Let's go to verses 11 to 14 for what God continues. Also, you are to eat the sacrifice Passover in this way. With your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. You are to eat it in haste. It is Adonai's Passover. 
The Lord speaks, for I will go through the land of Egypt on that night and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. I am Adonai. Will you repeat after me? You are Adonai. I am Adonai. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. So there will be no plague among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day is to be a memorial for you. You are to keep it as a feast to Adonai. Throughout your generations, you are to keep it as an eternal ordinance. Passover is the annual reminder that God has called us to a new experience in life. And we are to prepare ourselves to move forward when God speaks to us and says, this is the new thing that I am doing in your life. Okay, Rabbi Bruce, what does that mean for me? That means from this Shabbat to the day of the Seder. From this Shabbat to, how do we prepare for the Seder? From this Shabbat to the day of the Seder, we are to be asking God, what is the new thing you are continuing in my life? For those who thought they were washed up, you got to set that aside. For those who thought that they were worn out, you got to set that aside. For those who thought, I'm just going wayward, you need to set that aside. And for the next two weeks, we are to pray, God, my Father, what is the new thing you are doing in my life? Because the people of God are about to move forward. You know, from time to time, I get to check in on Bethel's Friday night service. I like Friday night. And just two or three weeks ago, I remember Rabbi Kevin saying, I just have a sense that God is about to do something essentially new and great in our congregation. How many of you remember that? You remember that Rabbi Kevin said, God is doing something new. God wants to continue what God has always done here at Beth Hallel, but He may not do it in the way that He's always done it. We've all had to adapt. We've all had to find new ways to understand who we are and what we're doing and why we're doing it. You see, there is a judgment coming upon this earth. The Lord is executing judgment upon this earth. It seems to be happening pretty rapidly in some ways. But what the Lord says to us is that if you'll be prepared for a new move of the Spirit in your life, and if you will prepare yourself over these next two weeks, and if you will pray about God, do something new in my life, continue what you've begun in my life and take me to a level. When we do that between now and the Passover Seder, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to draw you to certain passages of Scripture. He's going to be drawing you to certain places to pray. Today is the Shabbat that we begin praying for what is new in my life this year. The God who begins something in our lives is the God who continues something in our lives. David Ben-Gurion was the first prime minister of Israel. And he faced physically insurmountable odds 
when the nation of Israel was fighting for survival. And one of the statements that David Ben-Gurion made about that struggle is this. We are not interested in writing history. We're interested in making history. That's what God has called us in our lives to do. This is what God has called you to do in your life. He doesn't want you simply writing about your life. Listen, I know about that. I have 40 years of journals that I've kept, and I enjoy doing that. But I kind of think that I would lose my impetus for writing in the journals if I were not persuaded that God has something more for us to do. God has something more for you to do. God's not interested in you reflecting upon your life. God is interested in you renewing and refreshing your life in His presence because He has something for you this year that's yours. And nobody else can counsel you into it. Nobody else can therapy you into it. God has something this year that's yours How is it uniquely mine? Because he began something in me all these years ago, and I've allowed myself to become unaware of what God began. I've lost it somewhere along the way. I've become oblivious to what he's begun in my life. I've become obsessed with something else. I've become obstinate in my willingness to adapt and change to the things of life and the way the world is. But beloved, we have to adapt and change. in the world as it is. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4. God wants to do something amazing for you. We just can't make it happen, but we need to walk in that, walk forward to that, keep taking those steps of faith We could not be doing what we're doing in Ormond Beach, Florida, if it were not for Congregation Beth Hillel. Who Beth Hillel is, what Beth Hillel has done, what Beth Hillel continues to do. God is bringing fruit from Beth Hillel that we don't even know about in some amazing ways. This year the Jewish Heritage Festival, which is a part of a consortium of Jewish congregations and Jewish rabbis and Jewish folks. It's separate from the Jewish Federation. There's a Jewish Heritage Festival that takes place every two years. And this year, for the first time, they invited us to take responsibility for the largest exhibit in the Heritage Festival, the Jewish Hall of Fame. God is doing something. Each of us have our place of timing. I really do believe that when we do our job well as Messianic synagogues, other synagogues are going to be filled with people who are hungry to know what the Torah is teaching. We need to do this. We need to increase a love of the Torah among all Jewish people 
And when we get to Zechariah 14, what does that love of God's word do for us? In God's top 10 list in Zechariah chapter 8, at the very end of it, the last one is that 10 men from every people group will come to someone who is Jewish or a congregation that is Jewish and say, please, will you take us with you because we have heard that God is with you. But we have to go through some challenging times. And God has a calling for every person in every synagogue. I'm so thankful for Congregation Beth Hillel. This year, Glenda and I enter our 10th Shabbat HaKodesh at Beth Judah. Thanks be to God for Congregation Beth Hillel, who has prayed for us and encouraged us and guided us along the way. God is doing something special for us. God is doing something special for you. Wherever you are in your life, God is calling you. Whatever your name is, God is calling you to step forward in faith. So let's go to the half Torah portion in 2 Kings chapter 4. In 2 Kings chapter 4, there's a second way to find rest. We find rest by continuing what God has done in our faith, by what God has begun in our faith what God has begun in our trust. There are a lot of people who think that faith is simply an ultra form of confidence. You know, I can take off running and jump off this cliff, and I'm, I have faith that God is going to catch me. But when we talk about biblical faith, we're not talking about a cognitive assent to some thought. We're talking about trusting in a father, trusting in an elder brother. We're talking about a trust relationship that begins to take place. So God has begun something in our lives, but God has also begun something in our trust. This Shabbat is an annual reminder that it's time to trust God again because He's taking us to another place. In the Parsha this week, the kings of Israel had lost their focus on God. They were unaware of what God was doing. They were the kings of Israel. They're all named here. They all have names. But what happens in the half Torah prophets this week is that God calls an unnamed person, just an everyday person, to do a work that would boost our faith tonight. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 42. Now a man came, from Baal Shalishah. And he brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley bread and fresh ears of corn in his sack. Then he said, give them, what? Give the first fruits, which you have brought in, give them to the people that they may eat. But his attendant said, what? Mase, what's this? What? Will I set this small amount before a hundred men? But the man of God said, Give them to the people so that they may eat. For thus says Adonai, They will eat and have leftover. So the man did what the man of God told him to do. And we don't even know his name. So he said it before them, and they ate and had some left over. Look at this last phrase. It's so important for us right now. According to what? 
according to the Word of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word will never pass away. How's your time with the Word? How long does it take to brew a cup of coffee in the morning? You can read Psalm 1 in 45 seconds tomorrow morning when you're brewing your cup of coffee. Those Psalms have been my emotional healing place for over 10 years, and they've guided us through this time. The God, God knows your name. The person isn't mentioned here, but God knows your name. This is better than the Cheers TV show, where you can go into a bar room where everyone knows your name. We don't know this man's name, but God does. God does. God knows everything about you. You know, I'd like to have a conversation with Michael after we finish up tonight, Michael. I'm not quite sure why you read the passage on bald heads tonight. I know you have a good reason, because I know you. Are you still here? You didn't try to make it out of here with your life still intact. And I'm not going to say anything about your head. But God knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows your name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows every step that you have taken. What a fantastic song. He knows every breath that is in your body, and the breath is God's breath that's keeping us alive right now. I feel a need to cover up the top of my head at this moment. God remembers us. But we need to do something more than that right now. God wants to do something more in your life than he's ever done. I remember the first, uh, the first Shabbat HaKodesh at Congregation Beth Judah. I was scared. I was scared. I went to Florida. I remember we went to Florida to do this. You know, it's like how much suffering is there really going on here? Why am I doing this? Is this just because I want to uh, get away from the cold weather of Atlanta? And I'm from Maine. I remember Rabbi Robert on the day that they prayed over Glenda and me, and he looked at the congregation, and he said, we're sending them out to do a great work. And he said, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to go to Florida. I remember that first Shabbat because it was so different than the comfort of being home here at Beth Hillel. And during the worship time, I was simply praying, and I had my eyes closed, and I saw this sliver of light going across my eyes. And it kept getting brighter and brighter. And then I simply heard this message in my thought processes. Meet me at the sunrise and you'll have all you need. That has carried me as we go into our 10th year. A couple of weeks ago, I knew that we were coming on up on this 10th Shabbat HaKodesh. And I went to the very same spot. I went to that spot, that same seashore, that same place that we were. And when I stepped onto it that morning before sunrise, I saw all these little things that were happening on the seashore that day that were reminders of the way that God has given us everything that we've needed for all of these years that we have been there. And I simply began to sit and I began to praise and enjoy that. 
And the sunrise came up and I was enjoying the glory of that sunrise. And in my thought processes were that same message again. Meet me at the sunrise and you'll have all that you need and more. And I sense that the thing that God is calling us into this year is not simply enjoying God for meeting our needs, but enjoying God for the and more that He wants to do in our lives. God is not interested simply in keeping you alive. God is not interested simply in getting us to heaven. God wants us to have all we have. He wants to meet all of our needs and more. He is able to do exceedingly above everything that we ask or think and more. This year, if you don't have anything else to pray about between now and the upcoming Passover Seder, how about praying for the and more that God wants to do in your life? God, I want the and more in my life. You have blessed me. My, do we live in a land of blessing. We thank God for that. We thank God for the breath in our bodies. But right now, God is saying, I want you to do more than have your blessings. I have and more for you. God is moving us forward. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. You know, we begin to pray. The Psalms are such a great time. You know, you might have to brew two cups of coffee. You can read Psalm 116, maybe in two cups of coffee with a correct. But the most powerful prayer of Psalm 116 in the Hallel is this, Shuvi nafshi, return my soul. Shuvi nafshi. He, this person of faith, this person of prayer, knows that he's had an experience with God. And yet, he hears God speaking to him, and he begins to speak to his own soul. And he says, Shuvi nafshi, return my soul. Return my soul where? The psalmist says, return, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And he makes it a personal prayer at that moment. You have delivered my soul from death. You have delivered my eyes from tears. You have delivered my feet from stumbling. God, I want more from you. The psalms are the prayer book of Israel. They will guide us for the next two weeks. Just start at Psalm 1. In Romans chapter 8, we come to the place where every week, the Torah, the prophets, and the Kedavim, Psalms, lead us to Messiah. Yeshua himself taught this. He said, the Torah and the prophets, they all lead to me. And so how does Yeshua fit in, which is still to this day, and this happened way back when we were bringing the artifacts from another synagogue to our synagogue. I had a Jewish man stand on our platform and he said, where does Yeshua, as you call him, fit into all of this? And everything we're doing and trying to communicate to the Jewish community is that Yeshua upholds, fulfills, here's the key, and he continues to complete what is written in the Torah. It hasn't all happened. We are not here to do away with the Torah. If we, do, if we unhitch ourselves from the Torah and the prophets and the writings, then we unhitch ourselves from being able to understand what's happening in the history of our world on this day. Yeshua continues to uphold the Torah 
of finding rest on this Shabbat in what he's begun in our lives. And here's the important part in Romans chapter 8. That Saul, Paul, draws the new work that God is doing after seven chapters of appealing to people. He talks about our thinking. We find rest by completing what God has begun in our thinking. Do you remember the times in your life when all you wanted to think about was the Word of God? That what God says, there's nothing better than a cup of coffee in the morning in Psalm 1. And then the next day, Psalm 2. And the next day, Psalm 3. It's better than checking an app. Well, I actually do, an app, do have an app that I read Psalm 1, but you know what I mean. It's better than checking some other voice because God wants to speak to you and me in the morning. Why in the morning? Because those first thoughts that we have are the most influential thoughts in our thinking the rest of the day. And Paul begins to speak to people who now see Yeshua as Messiah. He wants us to think in the spirit over the physical realities that can wear us out. Let's go to chapter 8, verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Messiah Yeshua. For the law of the Ruach, the spirit of life in Messiah Yeshua, has set you free. Free. From the law of missing the mark and dying. For what was, in, what was impossible for the Torah, it wasn't that the Torah was the problem, but since it was weakened on account of the flesh, the physical person, the inner being, what was impossible, God has done. Sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as a sin offering, He condemns sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the Torah might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the physical, according to the flesh, but here's the key word for tonight, but according to the Ruach. God is calling us to take this breath that comes into our being and praise Him with this breath. This is not rocket science. I only live an hour from Kennedy Space Center. We have a lot of people there. Someone brought me a cup one day and said, it is rocket science. You don't want to get on a rocket unless you know it's rocket science. Somebody's done the science. But what God is speaking to us here today is that this is a spiritual way of thinking. God is calling us to think in the Spirit. Why do I bring in thinking? Because look at Paul's next word. He says, for those who are committed to Messiah Yeshua, and you know that Messiah Yeshua wants to do away with any self-condemnation you have in your life. For those of us who are walking free in Messiah Yeshua, and for those of us who say, we're going to spend more time focusing on what I do not see than what I do see, for those folks the Lord says that the primary place that He begins to work in your lives is in our thinking. Look at verse 5. For those who live according to the physical set their minds on the things of the physical, but those who live according to the Ruach, the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Ruach. 
For the mindset of the physical, the flesh, is death. It's dying. It's wasting away. But the mindset of the Ruach, the spirit, is life and shalom. How do I know when we're thinking in the ways of the spirit? Because life becomes a possibility again. And life becomes full of potential again. And we can only experience that possibility and that potential when we take some time to let God do our thinking for us on Shabbat. Let us all say, Amen. We find rest by continuing to think. Think about who God is and who we are. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verses 11 through 14. For all who are led... By the Ruach, Elohim. I'm really captivated tonight, Darren, Matt, and the, the praise team, with this idea that the breath that we have is God. If you want to know something about you that's not you and that is God, it's the breath that you have right now. And so we're going to finish tonight with praising Him. On this, on this Shabbat HaKodesh, May this be a year of praise with the breath that God has given you like you've never known it before. Everybody should be as happy as Garrett and Becky. They're excited about this year. Is this okay? Okay. <laughs> Those who are led by the Ruach Elohim, I knew it was okay. These are the sons of God. Listen to this. For you did not receive the breath of slavery to fall again into fear. Rather, you have received the breath of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Ruach himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and, and joint heirs with Messiah... If indeed we suffer beside him is a good way to put that. Not that we suffer for him, but listen, Yeshua went through suffering in life. We go through suffering in life. So if we're going to go through suffering in life, lock arms with Yeshua because he knows how to go through this stuff. If indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Continue to verse 18. For I consider, I think about this, for I think about the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the coming glory to be revealed. Where? In us. Wow. You thought you were done. You're not even half-baked yet. God is taking all that you're experiencing and He's working it and it, all the difficulty is not worth comparing with the glory, the presence of God that He is going to reveal in you. Why is that so important and powerful? Because when that happens in you, the only witness you have is kol hakavod, all the glory to God. This was God doing this in us and through us. He is with us. In us. Ron Heifetz is a Harvard professor who has written a book recently on adaptive leadership. 
And when he talks about what it takes to adapt to a new season in life, he says that we've ha we have to grasp that for the people we're leading, this could be someone in the household, this could be someone at your work, the most important person you're leading is you. That change in our lives is not primarily about some physical loss that we fear. The reason we resist things changing is because we fear loss. And Ron Heifetz in his study on adaptive leadership says, what we really have to do is understand that change is not about a physical loss. Change is about an identity crisis. We've got to guide people, ourselves, through the fear of what we might lose by beginning to focus upon who we are. Who we are. We are the children of God. We are the sons of God. We are heirs of God. We are joint heirs with Him. So when things are changing in our lives, it's God's call to say, do you really know who you are? And our job as leaders is to bring people to the place, not where we help people simply suffer through the loss of physical things, but in the midst of sometimes the suffering and the loss of physical things, we identify and help people identify with who we are that does not change. It transforms. God is with us tonight. And He's with us in this season on this first Shabbat. And something is going to happen over these next few weeks. Where you're feeling this draw. If you draw this Spirit in deeply into your being. And give that breath out with praise. Our Father, our Father, our Father, our Abba says, rest today in what I've begun because I'm going to bring you through. Let's go to verse 28. I'd like for the worship team to come up, please. Wow, there is a powerful move in our spirits tonight. This powerful move in our spirits tonight has only one reason. It's the words of God that we've been reading. Now we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God. Another good way of translating this is, now we know that God works all things together for those who love Him, who are called Vayikra to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined, and those to be conformed to the image of His Son, so that He might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified the glory that's to be revealed in you. What then shall we say over these next two weeks in view of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? When we were in the worship set just earlier, Dara in prayer said, who is like you? Who can do these things? If God is for us, who can 
be against us. What's the evidence of this? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? Verse 37. But in all these things, say all. <laughs> we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, physical thing, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Messiah Yeshua, our Lord. If you do not know Yeshua as your Messiah, He came as a sacrifice of atonement for whatever you did to mess up your life and the lives of others, you're forgiven in Him. And I invite you today to simply say the word Yeshua. The word Yeshua, yes, is the name of our Messiah, but the word means a wide open place. May a wide open place open up for you tonight or when you're listening to this because you're calling on the name of Yeshua. So beloved, let's continue. This is the first Shabbat of a new year of faith. Let's continue Seder thinking. Let's continue spiritual thinking. Let's continue Shabbat thinking. Let's continue in Shalom. Yeshua said, these things I have said to you, that you may have Shalom, peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Get ready for a great year. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.